The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC San Diego Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night Hey yo, what's up? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com as well as Action Network, but on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight, recording this late Thursday night, West Coast uh, Pacific time for UFC San Diego, which will be going down next door to the state I reside in here. Uh, UFC on ESPN 41, UFC Fight Night, Vera versus Cruz, not Veta Cruz. Um, but uh, yeah... We'll break that down from top to bottom. Check the show notes if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. This is kind of an old-school podcast form. I'm recording this one. Thanks for the five-star ratings and reviews. Really appreciate that. They really help if you haven't done so already. Or you can check the show notes uh, on the uh, audio version that I that I will and do upload to YouTube. Uh, couldn't make the live this week. I'll briefly explain that in a second before we push on. But again, if you want to like, subscribe... Daniel Tom MMA on YouTube.com. That, uh, that's very appreciative. Um, appreciate the love there. And again, sorry I wasn't able to do the uh, normal live chat Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific that I usually do and was going to kind of change to 3 p.m. Pacific um, as this uh, marks the eight-week eight point, eight point of camp. Um, so sorry, my dog is just going to town on herself. Brownie. Relax there, Stink. Relax. Um, yeah, yeah, eight-week market camp doing the Train Ultra program. And, uh, you know, it, nothing's official or signed yet, but essentially planning to uh, fight. Um, so, you know, um, again, there's things up in the air. Like I, I said last time as far as, uh, you know, uh, who... Uh, it will be sanctioned, you know, for a tough enough, which is great. Um, chance for me to get my own one to a one and one, but since this kind of becoming reality, it's uh, it's really setting in with everybody. And uh, yeah, just kind of having you know the anxieties, the all that normal stuff that's not fun that you go through. Um, you know, realizing that I got to be selfish once again, and realizing how hard it can be to be selfish when. You know, uh, Brownie, relax over there. When you got a, you know, a hundred pound stink over here, uh, Mastiff, who just you know, can't uh, still be left alone. Uh, very trustworthy with the old man who's doing good over here. Thanks for asking about Benjamin. You know, um, so far no signs of the cancer coming back. Uh, and even though I'm a little too poor to give him the uh, bucket list road trip to the beach that I was planning, which was planning to go to San Diego, which was funny enough, and then 
If not, maybe to Salt Lake uh, to get this window installation on my FJ, the only place that does the rear windows, uh, to get them to roll down like they should have came out of the factory, is in Salt Lake City, um, which I used to make the drive up to. used to have friends up there, go to sh some shows and whatnot. So I was like, oh, wow, UFC's going back. That would be great. And then, you know, too poor to do either of those anyways, so I guess I could forgive myself for being selfish. From the dog perspective, though, these two... These upcoming two shows are really going to make me uh, bum me out on my potential plans. There's going to be a little bit of reminders of, of plans uh, that I wanted to do. Um, but uh, it's also hard to be selfish more mainly, obviously, with um, Mi Madre, um, with her aphasia and all that. And then, of course, my uh, step Faja, um, who's, uh, you know... Uh, a veteran of a uh, veteran of war there been through a lot of shit um uh from a young age uh, the american government put him through and unfortunately uh as much money as we put to making war we do not put the same <laughs> nearly the same it's a joke really uh as far as taking care of the people who actually serve this country and do the bidding of the evil politicians, right? Not trying to get, you know, political, but there's just... I think, think both sides can agree that this country could do a fucking way better job of actually taking care of its veterans. So, very frustrating. Uh, Jack's out of the hospital, finally, which is great. You know, while he was in there fighting for his life, uh, the government uh, decided to, to deny us of home care, which would come in use right now, um, because then, you know, we wouldn't have, me and my mom, uh, my aphasia ridden mother wouldn't be having to doing uh, tag team, uh, doctor driving visits that have just <clears throat> multiplied even further than they already were. So between both of their doctors and the dogs and all that kind of gymnastics, that's how I can go with, um, actually like having injuries and not being able to have time to even go get myself checked out which I didn't even though I made the whole big fucking post and hubbub um <laughs> my hand dare say it showed uh, the great uh, the littlest improvement for the first time in a week since then granted but uh or maybe I'm just you I'm just telling myself that as an excuse because I just I didn't want to I have to rush and stress more going down to the quick care, even though I could. I've had plenty, plenty of fight footage to watch. You know me. I, I, I'll tell you what I didn't get to as per usual because it's just too much to get to with the UFC. Um, but uh, the X-ray division would have been closing down, I believe, before the actual quick care and X-ray is what I need to confirm. I don't think it's anything breaking. I'm just hoping it's nothing like ligament-wise. You know what I'm saying? But my pain tolerance is so stupid, and I'm not bragging about that believe me it caused more pain or more trouble than good that you know i i wouldn't be surprised in fact i have i've been rocking these braces from when i fractured because i fractured both thumbs I, i've broken both hands am i getting anything pettis hands over here um before and i didn't even realize it uh, i realized i broke the hands but like as far as the fractured thumbs so yeah yeah uh i'm probably gonna go tomorrow <laughs> We'll see. I still got fucking work to do. They threw some more random uh, straw weights on the car that I've never heard of before. Um, so I, I'll probably have to be researching those for my article tomorrow. Spoiler alert. Won't have anything for those matchups. For that matchup, I should say, on the main card for UFC San Diego. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. Just um, uh, sorry if I sound kind of somber. I'm going to try to push through this as fast as I can quick finishes and uh it was my birthday weekend so hopefully that'll be fast but yeah i uh 
old Dan Tom here is preparing to to, uh, to do the damn thing again. I haven't made any official announcements because I haven't signed a contract yet. I don't even know if my opponent accepted slash figure out a weight. I'm going to be aiming for 170. Um, hopefully that's okay with the opponent they're trying to set me up with, who actually doesn't walk around too much heavier than that, although he's bigger, taller, and longer than me. Uh, your boy just weighs heavy. Can't even use the Hawaiian excuse in this case because this dude's Hawaiian too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I I got some I got some lbs to drop uh, hanging around the mid one not mid to low one nineties. But then like I fucked up like on my birthday I I get this I throw this out there everyone's like freaking out Alex Bajeda like I'm like I'm about 10 pounds lower and a month shorter than him so I don't know how much better that is um and I'm not a pro but like yeah I think I hit like on Saturday after practice um I hit like 191 pounds and then and then keep in mind like I think I started this year at like 210 um and uh I was like okay it's my last hurrah before I tighten the diet and uh, start road work and all these things right but, uh, you know, and I'm sure I rehydrated it up to, like, probably, like, 193, ate some food, ate a lot of food, right? Some dim sum, had some sodium, uh, some Chinese breakfast. I'm not going to be able to have that for a minute. Um, you know, had some ba food. I probably only had, like, uh, four, four to five beers over a whole birthday weekend, three days, four to five beers. And uh, no hard alcohol, but the two glasses of vino. Um with a steak I had on Sunday. And uh, after that that meal, I went to weigh myself. So finished practice, sa actually, not even Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Like, I'm on the scale. It's like 1 in the afternoon on Saturday, 191. Probably about 8.30 at night Sunday, I was 203.8. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, after practice this morning i finished back at 193 at you know thursday morning so sunday night to thursday morning <clears throat> i guess you know i probably set i probably offset myself out by 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 a fucking week uh because i'll probably just end up being back at square 191 you're like a dream come true Ooh, gonna wake cut you um so yeah like you know hopefully i guess my goal would be fucking no more than 182 uh, I want to aim for 180 by the time, uh, you know, uh, fight week comes around. And then, you know, cutting less than 10 pounds in 24 hours, obviously, because you cut throughout the week. That's going to be my rough uh, rough plan. Uh, we'll see. Um, but I'm just hoping my thumb uh, gripping comes back because not being able to grip sucks. Um, my coaches were rightfully chastising me for uh, pulling guard on a double leg on Friday. Um, you know, uh, like, like Paul Craig, except I'm not a, I'm not a, a badass like the bear Jew. Um, but, uh, you know, and I'm not going to complain because I know people who have, uh, and I'm not even talking about the Nick Knowles. I'm talking about, yeah, I know people who have a severe limb, um, disabilities for lack of a better word. I hate the, hate that word, but, uh, and, and have just fucking kicked ass and I'm not trying to be like bootstrapping or this or that, but just, I, is it raining? Jesus. Sounds like it's raining outside, folks. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Apologize for the rain, Dan. Um, but yeah, like it just so. But but at the same time, you know, man, 
uh, when you're used to gripping stuff, it really messes with you and what kind of submissions you can go for. for. And uh, <clears throat> so it's just not been fun. So I just want to get an answer to make sure I'm not going to make this worse and figure out what's going on with um, with that, right? Because, um, yeah, yeah, anyways. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what's uh, that's what's going on with me. And we're all injured. You know, the guy that trying to set me up was dealing with his own injuries, too, so I don't care about this being public. Um, you know, it's whatever. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so apologies for the not normal podcast schedule. Being late. All that stuff. Um, let's uh, move it on to... But the birthday was good. Thank you guys, by the way, for all the uh, all the birthday wishes and whatnot. Um, I was kind of watching the fights a bit in and out, so that will hopefully expedite this recap that I'm about to jump in uh, for you guys. But, um, yeah, 37 in a row. Um, thanks to my beautiful girlfriend for making it an awesome birthday. Went to, a, to an awesome show downtown. And, uh, yeah, man. I can't ask for much more. So, 13-minute mark, roughly. UFC on ESPN 40 recap. We went 7-3 and overall in picks, 2-0 and in straight plays, 2-2 two and two in props, 0-0 and 1 in the total. It was a draw push. It got pushed in this week, in which, spoiler alert, we'll have that same total in play for Quinlan and Witt when we get to that. But uh, the card was headlined by Jamel Hill. Who defeated uh, Tiago Santos, TKO punches, round four. Um, I'd have to rewatch it as far as scoring. I, I, I don't have any, like, crazy... Not that I can remember, at least, about this fight. Like, you know. Uh, offhand, I probably would have leaned Hill all three rounds for the damage. But not scrutinizing cards that had it for Santos. Um, that fight was, was probably not going to see the judges despite... Um, you know, how Santos can fight, which, uh, you know, he went to the wild man mode and tried to conserve it up with wrestling and just wrestled himself into a hole. Um, Jeff Neal defeated uh, Vicente Luque. Man, man, do I hate it when I'm right because I love Luque. A lot of friends were on Luque. But, again, just, uh, you know, um, aside from the Fortis MMA being hot, again, hat tip to that camp, Coach Safe Saoud. And, of course, the man himself who did the, the damn thing, Jeff Neal. Um, it just looked good. But, again, yeah, Vicente Luque, Southpaws, um, the speed. Uh, Jeff Neal being able to turn it up on round three. Kind of Robbie Lawler-ish, isn't he, huh? Giving up that round two. Um, coming out like a brick on fire and then ending ending strong, too. The, Jeff Neal's like the new Robbie Lawler, man. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. Uh, it was about time for him to turn a corner, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I, I feel like my breakdown, if you go back and listen to it, was rather uh, apropos. And Neil Cash, the decision flyer, did not. Uh, shouts to Ben Folks. I liked his split decision prop that he did on uh, the prop squad. Did not hit because none of the fights went to the decision. Who knew, right? And I appreciate, by the way, uh, Ben and Chad giving me a shout. I know Ben tailed uh, my prop squad pick, which I will get to, and, it, and it's always it's an honor if I can help anybody, especially the you know, especially like the notable podcasters and the big guns in the world, like Ben and and uh, and, and, and Chad D. Even though it sounds like I helped uh, Ben and hurt Chad with the, the help to Ben, so uh, yeah. But I uh, love those guys. Love the Comate Event podcast. Uh, go support those dudes on Patreon. Um, we had uh, Muhammad Usman defeated Zach Pauga. The KO punches. Boy, it looked like an arm punch, but also with some technique, smooth. And, uh, yeah, man. Um, 
you know, hopefully uh, we'll see Pauga goes to light heavyweight and uh, see more from Mo. Uh, Juliana Miller defeated Brogan Walker Sanchez. Uh, I like Juliana Miller's weird uh, attitude and, and vibe, so I did not mind uh, being wrong on that. Just glad I didn't fall into the trap and uh, hit the Brogan Walker line swing for plus money. Obviously, you know, me not too invested in the tough fights, but, uh, you know, that was the side that I picked was the Brogan Walker side. Sergey Spivak was a side that I was on, thankfully. Defeated Augustus Sakai, TKO round two, like I called it. Um, something to look for, and I described it this way in my prep squad write-up, um, in, in case he didn't read it. But uh, basically, I said that, you know, process-based heavyweights... Um, it's like a final final fight too, baby. It's got the the J Japan final boss scene with the rain in the background. That's what it makes me think of. Cause cause you're old, Dan. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, but yeah, round two. Uh, what I said was basically, uh, you know, especially at heavyweight, process based fighters at heavyweight get wrestlers rare. Process based fighters also kind of rare in that division, right? Um, but if you get them, round two becomes a quietly potent round, right? You get the more technical process based fighters. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to call Tai Tuivasa process based exactly, but he was the more technical guy that was around two that I hit, uh, all uh, opposite uh, Derek Lewis. Um, did I recently get another Derek Lewis one right? Uh, that was the round one. Yeah, and that, that wasn't a round two though. Um, but uh, yeah, I noticed just that round two can be very potent for those uh, more process based heavyweights. I know I took that shot for Greg Hardy, ended in round one, but that was Greg Hardy. You know. Um, Augustus Sakai, like I said, like I said, my breakdown was going to be good enough to survive, but just still suspect, suspiciously worse off his back than he should be, and arguably than he's shown earlier in his career. And I think that might have maybe 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 juked some people out because it's definitely juked me out in the past. I'm no better, um, but yeah, Spivak round two, baby TKO, that definitely helped. So uh, that that was nice to hit. Um, and that was one for the pop squad. Tony Satori also got one too, I believe. What did he have? Uh, was it uh, someone by KO? Um, I forget. Oh, oh, battle by KO. We'll get to that. Oh Jesus! Um, that's my guy, Tony Satori. Though uh, Terrence McKinney defeated Eric Gonzalez submission. Renee choke. If he would have TKO, that would have been a huge night because uh, they finally let your boy round robin again. Oh, did I round robin on this fight? Oh my God, I didn't. But I may though. Oh, I may. Oh, we'll see. I'll I'll post it if I do. Uh, you guys know me. I'll post it if I do. And, and I don't even know if they're gonna let me right now. And uh, I don't want to spoil my, my what I got coming your way. Um, there's a lot of exposure, a lot of plus money. You know the normal shit from me. And not a lot of exposure actually, but you know uh, more than I'd like. You know, so because I try, I try be a little more on the conservative side not that it's a great thing but for me just it's probably the safer thing um but yeah if you would have got mckinney would have got the tko that would have been a big night but it, you know he has more submissions than tko so no surprise i knew i was rolling the dice there uh just figured if jim miller could could get the ko before the submission pops up and you know jim miller will never say no to a submission even to his own detriment i figure maybe mckinney's uh you know um Explosive. Uh, no, no. His knockout power and skill has got some real, real snap to his stuff. Um, you know, uh, which is obviously still there. But he's he's double threat man. He's got got the skills everywhere. No hate. Uh, Mikhail Oleksijk defeated Sam Alvey. Smiling Sam. 
Hopefully a UFC gave him a podium, you know, just so he could reenact his January 6th walkout. Uh, no, I wish Smiling Sam all the best with all those kids, but, uh, yeah, man, it's tough, you, you know, I, I guess playing the company man got him some more fights, but, uh, you know, it's tough to stomach, but, you know, what the fuck, I'm, my dumbass is gonna be, you know, uh, going into a cage, you know, essentially for free, so, who am I to talk <laughs> The fuck? Who the fuck am I to talk? Um, Brian Battle defeat. Ah, God, that just as long as that doesn't happen, I'll end up like a uh, knock on wood. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, protect the head kick, baby. Protect the head kick. Um, yeah, my first fight was a dude who could throw a real wicked uh, Thai style head kick as well, um, and that was definitely on the docket. Even in the photos you can go back and you just see me blocking with all my mind <laughs> just did not want to get fucking hit by the open stands head kick just something that just always it's always there and you always got to respect in the open stands match which i find myself as a southpaw like sato <clears throat> shouldn't have changed my pick uh went with this is my initial pick um between the line movement seeing people i respect on sato i'm like let me take a closer look at this Saw some things. I'm like, you know, Sato's pretty capable puncher, man. Battle to the weight cut. You know, that, that, I didn't like the way he looked on the scale. Yeah, let me switch it up to Sato here. Not just Town Master. I'll, I'll own up to it. Maybe even sprinkle a little bit if my first play of the night hits, which it did, so I sprinkled on Sato. Didn't matter. Still came out winning. Thankfully, it was just a half unit, but uh, more importantly, I hope Sato's okay, man. Those, those are just those life-changing shots, you know, potentially, so to speak. Uh... Corey McKenna defeated Miranda Granger submission. Von Flusho. I didn't watch this one. Congrats to McKenna. Uh, Shitara. Myra Buena Silva defeated Stephanie Edgar. Um, didn't need to get cheeky, but, you know, if one side was going to hit, it was profit either way. And this was the more profitable side and definitely the more feel-good side by Shitara hitting. Um, how do you know? How do you not love her, man? Just, like. Respect, doing it for the kids, trying to set a good example. She's got, like, a uh, housing project, like, uh, do Bronx. Like, oh, man, I just, you know, hopefully they get kicked her some extra money. Would have loved to have seen her gotten a bonus because, you know, that money uh, would have been going to uh, two good places. All right, that is that recap there. 22, 37 ish All right, um... Amazon reads uh, mixedmartialanalyst.com to support this show, folks. Um, if you want to, you know, if if you want to ease your conscience of uh, shopping <laughs> at places like on it or Amazon, you click through the link at mixedmartialanalyst.com to the right slash toggle to the right. Just one extra click, no extra cost, no extra clicks. After that, you just do your shopping, and a small percentage of your purchases will be kicked back to this year program. And if you do it for Amazon, it doesn't do it for the on it, but for Amazon, it will actually give me a list of what you buy. It does not tell me who you are. It does not give me any of your personal information. So if you want to, you know, have D David Carradine one night in Bangkok go to town, buy the karate gi, the vibrating nunchucks, the rope that doesn't hurt the neck, whatever you got to do to, to, to get your rocks off, you can do it through my click-through. And I won't judge you. No one's got to know it's you. I will pontificate on the purchases and fight up a public audience through multiple mediums, but no one's got to know it's you. Uh, but, uh, you know, so let's see what we got. Let's see what people clicked through and purchased. Oh, by the way, there's a PayPal donation link if you just want to donate money straight up. Secure the link, PayPal. 
of course, uh, to find that, it's Dan Tom MMA, I believe. There is link uh, where you can find me at Twitter, at Dan Tom MMA, in the link tree. I don't know why I turned into the translator and head coach of K-Dojo, who we'll talk about. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, uh, the, there's a, you know, at Dan Tom MMA, at the PYM podcast on all social platforms. Don't pull your feed. Through the Amazon click-through, someone bought, somebody purchased a Straddler metal double hole sharpener with a tub. All right. All right, a hole sharpener with, I don't even know what the fuck that is. All right. <laughs> kind of want to click on it. Um, someone bought a Tribe water-resistant cell phone armband running case. Tribe, is it, is it uh, Optimus Prime? You're Jewish too? <laughs> this is the Tribesman. Uh, fantasy Fantasy Jewish Fight League, the official armband. Uh, whether you were uh, a fellow tribesman or not, I appreciate the purchase. Um, somebody bought Mr. Pen. Pencils with a sharpener and eraser. Okay, that, that explains the other sharpener thing. Thank you for buying that. Someone else bought Barnsley Graphic South Yorkshire Vintage Print Tank Top. Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Is it Scott Askin fan? Remember Scott asked him, the tall dude, and he'd have all the castle people that would show up cage side, and they'd just be like, Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. I always wondered if they just followed him everywhere, you know? He's like, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. You know, he's trying, to, <laughs> he's trying to take a shit. Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Why are you sharp, you fucking cunts? <laughs> Yorkshire. Sorry. Um, it's probably not even how Scott asked him sounds. Someone bought a one-inch craft thank you stickers. 500 pieces ceiling thank you. What way to better say thank you than sticking something on someone's property and now they have to scrape it off? Dan, don't ruin the nice gesture. Why must you always take it to negative town? Uh, somebody bought... Oh, wow. This is a nice purchase. A uh, hundred ducats over. But it was worth it because you bought the Halloween 4K. Um... I don't know if that... Uh, I, I was going to accuse my guy Kyle uh, McLaughlin, but uh, he... Uh, I don't know if he's, he's even a Halloween fan. Um, yeah, wow, thank you for buying that. Somebody else, I'm guessing this is the same person, not because it's listed back-to-back -back here, but because it, the, it's both in the horror section. Something about Return of the Living Dead, kicking it old school. Appreciate that. Um, I, looks like a regular uh, DVD, but hey, man, that, that, I appreciate that. Good stuff. Uh, somebody got a Robinson's Fruit Squash Concentrate Variety Pack. Alrighty. Hopefully that's good. And lastly, but not leastly, somebody got 8 ounces of plastic juice bottles, empty and clear, with tamper-proof lids. Alright, making... It's like back-to-school shopping, looks like somebody was doing. I appreciate you doing back-to-school shopping over at MixedMarshallAnalyst.com and using the Amazon click-through if you want to support the show to no extra cost to yourself kill two birds with one stone it's always appreciated all right all that is out of the way and let us get to ufc on espn 41 ufc san diego ufc fight night vera versus cruz not vera cruz um and we'll start with that fight of course my in-depth breakdown as per usual up over at mmajunkie.com we got marlon chito vera 
minus 230. Dominic, the Dominator Cruz, plus 195. Um, wasn't as confident as I came in, but still ended up on the same side as the favorite in Vera for essentially the same reasons. Both fighters get stronger as the fight goes on, but Vera, you know, whoa, real some hard thunder and lightning. Vera really uh, keeps his power, arguably because he's got some suspect pacing still. You know, he, he'll, he'll still kind of get off to a slow start. He'll still make some kind of suspect fight IQ moves here and there, you know. Um, those things are all true, but he has just been slowly getting more and more of a beat on what is now, I would argue, again, defense, the transitions, the strategies, the pacing, these things are up for argument, improvements, of course, but as far as offensive arsenal, the dude has a fully-fledged offensive arsenal. He's got excellent eyes and exchanges to counter and utilize them in intercepting fashions. Uh, he's a certified wood chipper and close in the clinch. Um, his leg kick should serve him well, though Cruz is obviously one of the be more consistent uh, counter-takedown leg kickers of not just this division, just of all time, but the way he kind of styles it. Um, he has that reach down uh, from both stances, kind of on a hair trigger. Uh, the knee taps, um, which he can get into um, off of uh, failed doubles. People will kind of hoist up with the, uh, you know, the hoisting wizards and overhooks, if you will. They'll kind of pull him up like a pair of pants on, on his lazier double, and then he'll shift to the knee tap depending on which side you step back on. He's just got these things on a hair trigger. They're just so well drilled. I think we're going to see a lot more wrestling from Cruz. Um, if you look at Vera traditionally, and, and this is arguably the case for both of them, but ironically, the dog who checks all three of the boxes where Vera arguably vehemently corrects uh, checks two, which is fighters who can counter, attack the body, and wrestle um, have traditionally troubled both guys, uh, particularly Vera. And Cruz does all three of those things. He wrestles, he can counter, and he goes to the body, um, both with punches and kicks. I would argue Cruz, our underrated combination striker, underrated kicker as well, um, underrated power not that he's knockout power one shot knockout power guy at, at all although he's you know he has scored some tkos uh, throughout his career sprinkled through right but I, i'm just saying the fact of kind of like the guy he did knock out uh, famously takan mitsugaki um i always point to a deceptively heavy hands mitsugaki you know um you know could he could, could get the respect um of his opponents whereas cruz more frustrates opponents, but uh, there is some deceptive pop there. Again, I'm not trying to say he's a knockout. I'm just saying more than given credit for. That's all. Um, for those reasons, he can put some numbers uh, and uh, win some rounds, make some rounds questionable where we're arguing Cruz's volume, takedowns, and, top, and, and effectiveness from top, what he does with it versus the elbows from all ranges, even on bottom, and this, all the attacks on bottom and the damaging moments on the feet. For Vera, I think we're going to have a, a handful of those rounds here too. So if it goes to decision, um, Vera will have the arguments through damage, uh, whereas Cruz will obviously be live. If it goes to decision, means he didn't get finished and uh, probably got a lot of wrestling going, got got a lot of numbers going. Um, presumably, he's... he's 
he could be limping his way across the finish line too, right, folks? He's got a lot of scar tissue and whatnot. And again, between Vera having deceptively heavy hands, um, with the way he hits, you see the damage it does on guys. And he, he's kind of got that BJ Penn blessing, early BJ Penn blessing, where he, he, can't, he can't mark up, but just mark other guys up brutally, right? Like, Vera's kind of in that phase training with, of course, BJ Penn's former boxing coach when BJ Penn actually, you know, uh, was looking at his best. That was Jason Perillo. Now the main coach, he parted ways a bit with Colin Oyama, Team Oyama, um, which I like Team Oyama and, and Colin Oyama, but, um, you know, uh, that's fine. Uh, by the way, low-key, Colin Oyama, always, always racially motivating Cheeto there. Some some suspect words in Spanish for my Spanish speakers. Uh, the words that I won't say. Uh, perhaps words that might be the equivalent to the uh, to the N word, but in Spanish. But uh, <laughs> Colin Oyama, he uh, he's old school. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I I, I actually I, I feel like Cheetos progressed more since working. Um, you know, not to be Jimist or feel that narrative, but yes, from an objective standpoint, I, I do feel like it's it's been a better change for Cheeto as far as getting his boxing and more process going. Um, it, but again, Cheeto can still kind of be Cheeto. So um, I ended up sprinkling on uh, Cheeto Vera rounds three, four, and five, varying numbers. Um, some nice numbers at Bet Online. You got the plus fourteen round three, plus eighteen for round four, plus twenty four hundred for round five. You know me. Take a shot. Another loading the bullets. Give me that gif of uh, maybe not with this this gun culture. Perhaps not. But you know, if there was a bullet loading gif for degenerate betting Dan Tom here, it would be the point seventeen U seventeen ducats baby on all three of those bad boys. That's the only thing I played. You know, uh, get a couple hundred returns if just one of them hits, which is nice. But uh, hopefully won't make or break me with the way I played and structured my night. Um, we'll see. Next fight, David Onama minus 275. Nate Landva plus 230. Um, off initial instinct, it's like, yeah, Onama should be favored. I don't know about this much. And then you look closer. Like, Wait, didn't we just see Onama? That's right. It was less than a month ago he fought into a third round or a second round uh but uh yeah he didn't fight too long ago and um you know uh Landwer was uh got the full camp in for this one um down there at mma masters looks in great shape uh, i know mma masters not exactly known for their process it's kind of weird right it's like Landwer's fighting smarter looking more technically refined uh, more defensively aware though not huge nor do i expect nor should we expect huge uh, adjustments for his style maybe he's better off as that pressure counterfighter but as that pressure counterfighter he is definitely eating a lot of shots and he's a guy that can counter himself hence being a pressure counterfighter so why not do it on the back foot a little bit he can do it there but i just worry about that we've seen that adjustment a lot of MMA Masters guys, Cesar Fajeda. We had, uh, you know, you know, I got a love for Rick Lamas, but you know, he would get a bit into that back foot because the striking coach, I believe, is very Capoeira centric. So you got improvement on kicks, but the you could argue the attachment, the depth um, to the kicks, the connectivity, right, um, to a more back foot Capoeira influenced kicking game maybe not influencing with the takedowns the strikes the yada yada right um so something to watch out for there that being said land more of a defensive takedown guy to be honest 
more opportunistic, good ground and pound. But uh, he's more just dirty boxing in the clinch kind of guy. And his clinch only looks better as far as his knees and elbows. He's also the dirty boxing in the clinch from the Russia days to uh, his uh, early earlier UFC fights. But, like, you, if you're noticing now, he's actually getting some good knees and elbows. And, like, that's kind of how he took Klein. He just took that fight into the clinch. I know Klein was cutting a lot of weight and faded. Um Whereas Onama looked like he'll fade within a round, but then he's like his power is right back at it. And it looks like he can do that, you know, um, all three, maybe even into four and five if we get to see Onama in those type of fights, right? But that being said, um, when I went back to watch the tape, it wasn't as impressive as I remembered, you know? Uh, I wonder if it's a lot of that, you know, uh, oh, look at him, he's got so much potential. Oh, there's just. And there is a lot of that, too. I get it. I'm not hating on that, but I just, again, I wonder. If that narrative, you know, uh, the looks good getting off the bus, uh, the clear power shots that he has, the good coaching in camp that he comes from, right? I mean, these are all great things. I'm not hating on it, but I'm just saying we can all be guilty of overcorrecting that sometimes, right? And it certainly looks so with the line, uh, especially this guy taking this fight on short notice, a quick turnaround. He's a big 145 is his natural class, not 155, but it's not the guy's small for 145. He's giant for 145, Onama. And he's young, but getting, you know, you know, like he could finish his, I wouldn't be surprised. He probably should finish his career at 155. I would not be, so I'd be willing to take that bet. Um, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't be cutting 145 or he's killing himself to do it, but he is big and now he's going to have to do that and perform uh, twice within a month. Um, and uh, the last time he took a fight on short notice, granted it was a UFC debut, against Mason Jones, who, again, maybe that doesn't even age as well. And I'm, I'm a Mason Jones guy, but hard to defend a lot of what we saw in that last performance. we got to ask some questions now after that, right? Um, and, yeah, uh, land wears a dog can make it ugly, too. And it's just the thing is, you know, David Onama, does, does he deserve to be favored? Sure, maybe not by this much, but sure. Um, because, you know, probability more more times than, than land wear wins, Onama wins, and more specifically, more times than not, Onama probably wins early, first round, right? Lamware looks like a guy who could be caught early, but then he gets stronger as the fight goes on. Um, but the thing is, the funny thing about that narrative is if you look at it, even against Garrett Armfield, um, who, you know, it wasn't as bad, but he hit Onama pretty good in that fight and looked like he stunned him. Um, and if he did, then that means Onama has been stunned uh, visibly stunned in the first round because his defense is, you know, again, offensively, you know, mm, right? There's a, there's a lot there. The guy's shifting combinations, can fight from both stances. It looks like he's getting a better feel for the counter from both stances. Uh, but defensively, his head's not moving much. There's not much head movement. Defensively, proactive defense, reactive defense. I just am not seeing a lot there. Um, general, swaggy uh, shout out to Robin Black, flim flammy kind of move. Not even a lot of that. Um, so he's there to be hit, and he's been rocked and visibly stunned at least in the in the, in the first round of every UFC fight he's had. Onama and Landwork can crack, man. Whether it's more technical, um, I didn't want to say tentative. It's just tentative for Nate because he was such a wild man. It was kind of weird to see him fight more technical, although it, it air quotes technical, although it paid off for him because. He can at the end of the day he can counter and crash to the clinch, um, and Onama's good in the clinch and he's tall and you know I'm sure Kraus is going to be in his head and they trained a lot of knees because Kraus is smart as hell 
and you know does his homework. Um, but uh, and, and you know the, the, that height, he could probably land a knee. It's okay, please. It's okay. Uh, he could probably land a knee, and um, but you know we'll see. We'll see. I'm good babies. It's okay. Um, wow, it's loud, loud lightning. Uh, but 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 you know again. Does he need a knee? No, you know, landwar has been knocked out by knees twice or whatever. So, it's um, it's it's whatever. I mean, it could, it could happen again. Sorry, trying to calm the dogs down. It's okay, babies. Um, but yeah, uh, if he gets out of that first round, I think landwar can take over and make it dirty. Um, you know, could Onama still finish him late? Could Onama still win a decision? Sure, sure. I'm not saying that. It's a real gritty dangerous fight to bet you know you could look real dumb here um i you know uh but i'm actually not even going to just bet i'm actually going to pick landwar as well man um i think you know he's making improvements he's got i'm betting a lot on experience you know uh, that bias is definitely being through my picks here folks thankfully there's some plus money to help justify it um, but yeah, man, I, I think landwar can also win early and win late and win a decision and dog out a decision um, I think he's going to be the more functional uh, grappler, the better wrestler. Onama, you know, looks like he's been grappling a lot more and really working on that, which is good. But I, I don't think he's going to be able to take down Lanwar that easily and may actually get himself into trouble considering Nate Lanwar has been, you know, looks like he's got a solid series that he's worked on from the front headlock. Um, he was hunting it on uh, Klein for a reason. Um... So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, up to plus 230. I got it at plus 270 at one house for a unit. Um, I couldn't say no to that. Plus plus 270, about a dollar. Was that a dollar open for where he opened? What did he open at? No, no, never mind. He opened at plus 250. Never mind. Um, but, yeah, that's just a high number, man. I just think they might have set that that long. Can't blame the public on that one. That was the odd setters. Um and again, Onama could win here, but uh, I, th I think that if they keep inflating him, if he wins here and I lose his bet, it's fine. Because honestly, and it's something against Onama, man. He seems like a really nice kid, a good kid, got a, got a bright ceiling, but he's still young. And um, I don't think that the hype's, hype and the odds quite justify what we've seen yet. So, you know, a little uh, possible fade planty if he does win. So if I'm wrong here, there. Not, not trying to play that game. I give credit where credit's due, of course. But, you know, there is some silver lining from a betting perspective if you're looking to plant some seeds, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I don't expect you to follow me off this cliff, folks. But, you know, uh, value, stylistic, ceiling, experience. Um, the the Ona Onama really, you know, kind of sticking his hand in the, in the cookie jar repeatedly. Um, you know, uh, I... I think you can only do it for so long before you pay the price. I mean, Landwer already learned that, you know. Um, maybe Onama does here. Give me Nate the Train, uh, one unit plus 270. Um, Yasmin Jaragui, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, versus Yasmin versus uh, Lucindo. I don't know. Probably end up with the favorite. Got to watch on this. That's what I was kind of alluding to. Uh, check again. Check my uh, good plug for my uh, main car. Uh, quick picks and prognostications of junkie that drops on fight day. See where I end up. Cause you know me, I'll actually I'll actually watch some tape. Unfortunately, on uh, these girls. Um, Devin Clark plus one twenty five. Azamat Mirzakhanov minus one forty five. Um, oddly enough, ended up on Clark here. Um, I know I got burned going against Mirzakhanov. Looked like I would have been genius on the plus one ninety five or whatever I took on Chukwi. 
then he got finished, you know, um, third round. What did we watch it? And it reminded me of Fazeev Dos Santos where, you know, the fighter that you bet on is taking over, right, and betting on the dog to, to kind of take over late in both those fights. And they had their window in the final round, and they knew they had their window, and that's great, and they took initiative, which are all good things um, that don't happen as much as you would think. But the problem is, is that, like, even when all those recipes are going your way, and this is the round, and this is the final round, you still got to be really extra careful for that first 30 seconds. Because as gassed as they are, they just got to recharge, and that first 30 seconds, no matter their conditioning or weight class, um, even as unlikely as it is when we start getting up to, you know, you know, chubby 205ers, um, yeah, that first 30 seconds, even those guys can be dangerous, and Chuk, we learned that the hard way, and again, kind of like some other fights, you know, with Mason Jones and whatnot, and uh, weird parallel to make, but just as far as, you know, maybe not aging as well, right, we've seen Chuk, we, um, maybe not being able to take the power as much as he can give, or at least look to give it, right, so maybe there's a little bit of that there too. Whereas Devin Clark, you know me, I faded a. Come on, Devin, you got you got fight, goddammit! And when he goes inaudible and Devin's getting finished, um, but uh, <laughs> I feel like, by the way, if and and whenever like uh, Devin Clark gets finished, I feel like uh, whenever his uh, David Clark goes inaudible, they should just have like a like. One flew over its cuckoo's nest. A bunch of like, you know, uh, what do you call those? Like uh, orderlies, you know, come out and like just kind of subdue them with the shots to the next. Like, right, easy, David. Sleep, sleep. All right, he's down. We've got exactly thirty seconds before he wakes back up and gives us hell. <laughs> Uh, but I actually like Devin Clark because even in this fight, because even when he's losing, uh, the dude will fight for your money. The dude can get his whole row of teeth knocked out. And not it's not so much that he's afraid of losing your bets, folks. It's afraid of facing his father, David Clark. Um, I feel like the crowd will drown out David Clark. So hopefully that'll actually maybe help, uh, you know, mild out Clark's anxiety in there. And then in the but then knowing the fear that he has to go back to his father will keep him trying to win this fight and fighting for our tickets, you know. If if you're on my side of this one at least, um, Mirzakhanov looks to get tired. He should be a 185er. He hasn't made that drop yet, carrying that weight, fighting inconsistently, you know, getting getting lucky, and you know as far as things go. Um, but yeah, I think that you know he's probably gonna get tired again if he doesn't finish. So again, this is kind of classic spot going with the more experienced guy, at least for the UFC, the wrestler, you know, the person who has to kind of take a little bit up front early. Clearly, I have these biases, and and by the way, the closer I get to fight time, I may be leaning into these biases harder. You know, as a guy who you know <laughs> likes to wrestle, maybe this is southpaw, got to take it up. Uh, not that Mirshard is, but or not that uh, Clark is, but you know, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. But again, if you're noticing this theme, folks, uh, you know, you know, uh, subcon. I'm not trying to believe me. I'm trying to be as unbiased as I normally am. But I also got to call myself out, right? And I again, I. Someone who calls out human nature, I'd be damned if I don't call that out on myself. And yeah, uh, the closer to an older, experienced guy who has to kind of come on late, use grappling, wrestling. Um, yeah, the, the, it may not be the craziest thing if I start believing in these guys a little more as I have to believe, believe in myself. Uh, <laughs> 
So there may be a theme to some of these. But again, I, 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 you could argue I was already biased toward these because of that same reason, competing or not. It's just where my bias lies, right? And I've called myself out on this before, folks. This is nothing new. But it's worth, it bears worth repeating, right? Um, but yeah, if Mirza Khanoff, um, I'm getting a little weird when the lightning goes off because my dogs will kind of freak out and fucking hopefully they don't start fighting each other or something. But, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, I think if he slows down against Clark, Clark, we saw last time get the round three finish. It's always been in him, but I think the problem was camps, you know. Again, I tried to like trash camps and stuff because I, you know, the. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that, that kind of be, can be really unfair with their their analysis and, and stuff, and I've been guilty of it too. So I'm trying not to be a hypocrite, and I sit there and like go, you know, gave that Mike Valley guy some crap, you know, da 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 da, this and that, and I just like start like kind of going opposite, and then sure enough, you know, he he does the uh, ovaries and he starts like fucking shouting all the crazy lines during fight week and then you know his pupil gets embarrassed with the simple stance switch and can't overcome it and I'm like after I just praise this striking coach of course of course this is what happens um obviously the only other camp that I've kind of been a little bit vocal to is Jackson Wink and more of the Wink side of it and nothing personal the guy you know the guy does uh special education uh stuff with his with his kids and does like benefits and does a, a bunch of good community stuff and I'm sure he's 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 a you know he's a fine citizen in that in in that regard, right? And that kind of stuff obviously gets my respect. So it's nothing personal, but you know if he's got to look, you know the ponies ponies all day, and you see the same kind of stuff from the same fighters for about a decade now, um, you know it's it's kind of hard not to kind of call out and be critical of when that's your kind of whole job, right? Is to examine these things, and that was kind of why I would always fade fade Clark, but. You know, he did a camp change over to, um, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, not Elevation. Well, Elevation Fight Team, he's working with those guys, as well as, uh, what do you call, uh, Mark Montoya, Factory X Muay Thai. Um, and so he's still training in Elevation, but just, uh, you know, a really respectable group. And usually you see that adjustment period, and we actually saw, like, some improvements, like, he had a good right hand uh, lead to his right hand off the jab. And the next one, he throws away the jab and lands a left hook. Um, he's doing some really good stuff in there. So I actually expect him to be even more improved, but probably just get back to his wrestling, which would make the most sense for this fight. Tire Mirzakhanov off. You know, you you uh, to survive that first round, your chances go way up. And I think at that seven-minute mark, Clark can start to turn the tide either win a decision or maybe even get a late finish. So I played Clark for a unit. I actually was originally going to play three-quarter units all the way through, kind of still in bank building mode, but I ended up playing a unit on uh, a unit on him, so I just ended up doing the unit throughout my, uh, my, my straight shots here. Plus 125. I know it's 25 cents cheaper than the plus 150 opener, but I also took... Again, the .17 unit, uh, 17 ducats there, and I put it on round three at plus 1,800, which is going to be my prop squad submission um, for this week. Um, so Devin Clark, um, we got a kick for coverage with the money line and a small little sprinkle on round three. Opposite of Mirza Khanoff, who comes from K-Dojo, was the, the Russian guy I was imitating before. Of course, it is what I, how I sound. Uh, he, 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 that guy was uh, with 
two men off. So you kind of got these guys who are really good strikers, really good hooks and counter strikers, right? But uh, gas tank and wrestling them, especially wrestling them and what their gas tank does once you wrestle them, um, you know, that can be a... that could be a that could be a bit suspicious, you know. Old habits die hard. We've seen that with from the uh, from the K Dojo guys. So, um, give me Clark, who seems to be in a good space heading into this one. He will fight for the money. Uh, Bruno Blendal Silva minus two eighty five. Gerald Mearshart plus two forty. This is the last fight I watched tape on before getting on here, and was just ready to pick Silva and say root for Mearshart and bet the sub. But you know what? Um, I actually. Um, Oh, God, this is going to kill me. There's way too many dogs that I'm picking on this card. I didn't want to pick... I I didn't want to pick my guy. Uh, I know it's like, oh, well, you like Gerald Mearshart, and he, he's one of the few fighters that, that follow you, or you follow him, and uh, that's why you're biased there. But, yeah, I'd be lying if, uh, you know, I'd be worried about GM3C and me pick against him, even though I've picked against him plenty of times uh, with those caveats in play. Um, so that wouldn't stop me here. I was fully prepared to pick against him here. Silva deserves to be favored. More often than, than not, Silva will probably win this fight by knockout. And if it goes to a decision, um, that means uh, Mearshart didn't do his job since most of his wins uh, in his long uh, experience career are inside the distance. So something went wrong if it went to decision. And the more damaging fighter uh, will, will definitely be Silva. And even when it's not, like we saw, if you go back and watch Eric Anders versus, uh, Gerald Mearshart, Mearshart actually outboxes him in that fight, but Mearshart's body language, he always looks gassed and he doesn't look like he hits hard. Even when he does, um, he, he can get juked, um, uh, uh, you know, on some, uh, on some, on, uh, on some scores, uh, in that regard, not saying he's got robbed or anything like that, but just, you know, he doesn't get his due credit, and I feel like that's a fair assessment for, you know, those caveats in tow of, you know, looking tired, not having the best body language. As I said, body language is big. Um, that being said, Silva not the most consistent, and I went back, back to watch. I was a bit disturbed that how uh, easy this guy is to take down. I mean, it's dangerous to close distance on him because... He can counter you. He strikes dangerous off the break, and he'll just club hard stuff while you're trying to go for takedowns. And I, I could see him hurting Gerald Mearshart while Mearshart goes for a takedown, especially that early takedown Mearshart likes to go to. I know he got knocked out outside of that, you know, Tiago Santos, which was the first time he got stopped, and that, you know, aged fairly well for the time, especially. Um, and he goes on that weird two-fight run. Granted, it's in June and September, like back-to-back, -back, right when the pandemic starts, everybody's camp scrambled. I know Mearsharts was. Not saying he would have won those fights anyways. Not trying to take away from his opponents. But those were facts as well that were in play. Of course, Mearshart gets caught cold before he can even shoot a takedown. Funny thing is, even though that uh, going back like seven or eight fights, uh, all the way to 2019, because uh, Mearshart fights a lot, to that Anders fight that, again, that he arguably won. Like, outside of that fight, I think, like, in all those fights, you go back, like, every fight that Mearshart uh, attempts a takedown in, he gets at least one takedown. Uh, he didn't get to attempt a takedown against Com Comshot or um, uh, Ian Heinish, uh, so keep that in mind. But uh, Blundell, I think he, can, I think he can take him down. It's going to be the bigger octagon. But here's the thing too: is Blundell will give his back just by overthrowing shots. He did it to um, <clears throat> Andrew Sanchez. Of course, Andrew Sanchez is much more of a grinder who wrestles himself into a hole, whereas Mearshart, he may look tired, but he's live for round three subs and everything. He's live in every round, pretty much, Mearshart is. 
Um, so, you know, he couldn't do much and didn't really try for much. Whereas Mearshart, you give him those turtle positions. That's another thing is like whether he falls down from overthrowing a shot or is taken down. Um, Blundell Silva will always go to his base and give his back, which again is bad against a guy like Mearshart, not just for the back takes and the way he'll ride and tire guys out. Even did it to explosive guys like um, Muradov, right? Same thing with him. Wore him out at the end of the first round. And then, of course, got some takedowns um, after hitting him with some shots in the second, surviving the storm. Uh, but uh, more more so than that is the front headlock. Um, GM3's got really good guillotines and front headlock chokes as well. And when you turtle, you don't just give your back, but you also give your neck. So he's essentially giving a la carte, you know, an a la carte uh, buffet options to Mearshart anytime he gets into those positions. And again, Mearshart, outside of that two-knockout run, that weird run right in the beginning of the pandemic, he's scrambling his camp. Uh, outside of that, and against you know two guys who that is their you know their mo, um, wrestlers with KO power early, Kamzat and and Heinish, uh, was Tiago freaking Santos right, who arguably beat John Jones up at two hundred five, is knocking dudes up uh, out up at two hundred five before he he uh, you know suffer the consequences of that Jones fight with all the injuries, right? Um, this guy is hard to finish, Mearshart, um, and he will fight for the money. Um, and and fixing the camp stuff, because that's been a thing through his career that's kind of been kind of problematic. It's like, well, he would train with good guys like Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley uh, and whatnot, so you know he was getting some good training and like these bigger, you know, these more higher-profile dudes and going out of their camps. But he's always been a traveling guy, and this one he actually did the relocated and did the whole camp down at uh, Kill Cliff FC, you know the rebranded Sanford MMA Hard Knocks 365, whatever you want, H Kickboxing, Black Zillions, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, he's he's been down there, and there's a lot of a lot of people to work with. Hobo Cop, who he's been working a lot with, um, Mark Andre Barriu which is a, 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 another good guy to work with uh, for this uh, camp. Um, just a lot of good guys. Uh, freaky strong guys like the Dolchas and the Impas. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just just really like... And he looked like... And, and even before I knew he did the camp, I listened to my guy Aaron Bronstetter shouts the TSN MMA show. I noticed um, that he just looked a lot healthier. Like, he usually looks all tired and underslept. Like, dude looks like he's got some sun, some rest, some good strength and conditioning. Um, dude, he looks like the freshest I've ever seen him visually, which is crazy to say from your chart. So, man, I'm trying to fight my biases here, folks, but I'm going to last minute. I'm actually going to last minute switch my pick to mirror chart. I'm not going to play the money line. Uh, I'm more exposed than I'd like to, and with a guy who's always going to go for that sub, um, you know what? Uh, it, I'm just going to sprinkle. I just sprinkled the sub. Uh, I found it at plus 600 at BetMGM. You, you should be able to get it for at least plus 500, and I put 0. 0.20 uh, units, so just 20 ducats, uh, 0.20, not one unit, which will be 1.0, 0. 0.20, which equals 20 ducats for my, my size, right? Um, yeah, uh, but uh, 20 bucks you never want to see again. Shots of the CME, right? Uh, even if you get it at the low end number at plus 500, that's still a whole unit return. Um, it's it's 1.2 unit return uh, at the plus 600 number. So again, I don't have to, with that, 
with 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 this kind of a guy with the the pathways of turtle, um, whether when, whether or not you end up jumping off the cliff, following me off the cliff to as far as a picking side to to pick Mirashart, you don't have to pick him, but I do believe there's value um, as far as that sub prop, or if you want to use it to hedge out a potential hedge, if you've got like the chalk, if you ended up laying the chalk on Silva. Um, it's there. I'm not telling you what to do. I think I'm crazy for all the dogs I'm on, so I'm definitely not trying to sell you on my side. Not that I do anyways. Uh, we're all big boys and girls and can make our own decisions. But yeah, I'm 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 going to eat. I'm going to potentially uh go down with the mirror shark ship here. Um as bad as that could look, I I showed my work and I love GM3, so what else can I ask for? Also putting my money where my mouth is to a to a small but smart degree, if you are going to play it, I would argue. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't go crazy on GM3 or anything like that. Cynthia Calvillo, minus 180. Nina Nunes, plus 155. I'm picking another dog here, but honestly, I've had bad vibes when I first broke this fight down. Don't feel like looking back into it, especially after hearing the interviews. Calvillo wants to go back down to straw weight. Nunes just wants to get back on her vacation and uh, celebrate with the other Nunez, who's already, you know, uh, completed one half of the half of the the goal. Um, so I feel like both girls just want to get the shit done. And when you have that attitude, it can be kind of dangerous. Um, you know, um, shit. I mean, even even me. It's, as much as I'm gonna be thinking about food and and, and all the things I want to entice and motivate myself for after, and as much as I will be, uh, you know, anxious, um, and uh, you know, even have fear for what's to come in the fight. Um, I'm trying to remind myself now. You gotta you gotta enjoy this. This is the last time you maybe can do this. You know, this is the last time you may be able to do something like this. Uh, train your whole life. Enjoy it and get the fucking win, dude. Um, so, you know, don't want to be in a rush to get it over, you know. Uh, I don't want to. Uh... There's a fighter recently that really articulated that well. Really enjoying the moment. But, yeah, I, I do believe there's something to that. Uh, but I'll take Nunez no play despite taking yet another dog. Another live dog, uh, Priscilla Cachoeira, plus 165, minus 195. Lipsky, this line's getting way too high. Um... It's definitely dogger pass. I'm going to stick with my Lipsky pick, although her being sick and getting over that doesn't make me feel great. I don't know why the line's even higher. I feel like the line should be going the other way. Um, I'll probably stick to my Lipsky pick, but um, but yeah, Kashueta is definitely live. I've picked too many dogs. I'll stick with my Lipsky pick. But is live. I'll probably be take Kashueta and Toutmaster. Um... Martin Hippote, uh, minus 280. Uh, oh, did I mention that Dominic Cruz recently beat Pedro Munoz? Uh, Martin Hippote, uh, minus 280 versus Lucas Breski, plus 235. Did not even look into this fight. I'll take Bode. Did not look into it. Not betting it. Good luck. Surprised it's not like the co-main event with the way fucking these matchmakers go. Again, fucking middleweight opener. Why would we have that? You know, what, what, oh God, just the way they structure cards. It's just like, what are we doing here, folks? You know, put Ontiveros Benitez as the main card opener. Um, either Whit Quinlan or uh, Hill Godinez as the prelim lead-in or something, you know? Like, what, what the fuck are we doing here, folks? 
Um, and this Baday Bresky should be opening as a dark bout. Um, Angela Hill plus 270. Lupita Gudina, speaking of that fight, minus 325. Going to go with Lupita. Line is getting uh, too wide for my liking, but her, her wrestling and that just traditional hole, despite Angela Hill's best efforts, which she has made improvements, um, I, 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 I faded Lupita Gudina look like an idiot. She's just like crazy. You know, uh, improvement. Uh, why not expect more improvement this time around? Um, I know Angela Hill will be fighting at home. I know we all love Angela Hill. I will be happy if she wins. I'm not betting this fight, but the pick is Lupita Gudinez by decision. Uh, Charlie Andaveros, plus 290. Gabriel Benitez, minus 350. Taking Benitez, um, just, you know, I think his boxing and his body work is going to be good enough here. Um, the only thing I would take a look on this fight, I'm sure it's gotten bet down, but. I think it was like a cheeky plus 900 for Benitez sub. The dude has, you know, uh, akin to McKinney, he quietly has more subs than he has knockouts. And the sub that he likes is a guillotine, which is great if you hurt a guy and he shoots on you or you hurt him to the body with his southpaw kick and they crunch over and he grabs that neck, baby. But uh, I'm not confident enough, didn't look back at this fight to see if the trends have been leaving or getting stronger. I suspect they've been leaving. Um... Not just because of the results, but you just—I haven't really seen Benitez have too much interest in grappling offhand. But that's something worth keeping in mind. That plus nine hundred number. I'll take Benitez though inside the distance. Um, I didn't take that, by the way. I'm sure it's chalked up all to hell. Uh, didn't touch that fight. Uh, Ode Osborne minus two fifty. Tyson Nam plus two ten. Man, death taxes and fading the old dudes, especially at flyweight thirty eight. Oh my goodness, I get it. Uh, but let's not forget that a Guido Canetti recently got a win um, at, you know, 42 or whatever, just a weight class up, which is basically where these guys are at. They're basically bantamweights. They're they're both big flyweights. But uh, Nam doesn't seem to have trouble making the weight. Um, he is fairly consistent in that regard. Consistent overall, you know, uh, not as high of a volume as we would like, right? That's kind of been his Achilles heel. But his counters are on point, and I think this number is a bit too wide. And I know you can make the uh, argument that Osborne could have kept fighting. He was up, but he did go limp. And I know that was the only time that he has been stopped as an amateur or pro. And he did bounce right back after going limp. Um, I'm not trying to take away from those things or his Modelo fighting spirit here. But, um, but yeah, he does cut some decent weight. And um, Nam is one of the harder hit hitters, you know. He can and he can get knockouts from the beginning of the round. You know he's got the fastest bantamweight knockout. Tyson Nam does that with that Jerome Rivera knockout. They both knocked out Jerome Rivera. Another tall southpaw, by the way. Note that, or like knocking out guys like Ali Bagotinov, where he's losing the whole fight and he knocks him out at the very end. Bagotinov not a southpaw, by the way, but he was in a southpaw stance when he got knocked out. You know who else was in a southpaw but got knocked out? When he was in a southpaw stance, one of another uh, one of Tyson Nam's more famous uh, knockouts, uh, even going further back, uh, Eduardo Dantes. And then going back to recent knockouts, not just the Jerome Rivera, who was a southpaw. You know who was a southpaw, at least when he fought him? Um, not so much when he fought. Again, they have similar knockout wins, but... Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, was Zaruk Adashev uh, who fought Nam in the southpaw stance strictly. Um, Nam his losses were stylistic losses that he probably should have lost. Even Chanel, because Chanel has seen improvements. 
both his chin, uh, fighting spirit, technique, keeping his feet under him so his chin can be better, something that he himself has admitted working on. And Chanel can fight and has been known to fight that style. Um, that Sergio Pettis and Kai Carr France, the reason why I didn't pick Nam in those spots is big dogs because those kind of point fighters are, are, are can do it. Um, you know, uh, Ode Osborne kind of has that and the fact that he can touch, but even when he's touching a bit, he seems to get, you know, at least at 125. You know, you could argue he's do or die overall just by doing the old sure dog tapology glance at the record breakdown, but when you actually look at him watching him deep into fights, um, he kind of starts to fade. Um, his speed and, and kind of everything, decision-making, uh, grappling, wrestling, uh, his skills kind of fall apart, whereas Nam, again, slow and steady, uh, easy does it, Tur- tortoise in the hair, right? Um, tortoise in the hairs, or I'm, I'm, I'm betting a lot of the tortoise in the hairs scenarios in, in my angles here, in my shots that I'm taking. Granted, there's a bit of a theme here, but again, you know, you go look at it. Nam does his best work against Southpaws, and he's got another one. He's got a one he's got experience on. Um, Nam has been was training for a tall guy, I believe, Olambekov, even though he's a wrestler. I believe he fights from the Southpaw stance as well. So he already had two camps for that. Um, you know, so it's not like he's been in, inactive doing nothing. Um, he's been having camps, and it's been the other fighters that have been canceling on him. You know, uh, maybe this guy just ages like wine. He's one of those dudes that can just, you know, he's just one of those guys that's going to be like the Johnny Eduardo. He just shows up and, you know, he he either loses, knocks the guy out or loses, but he's always live late into his career. Um, you know, uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like the money lines, any, anything over plus 200, I'll take. I got it at plus 230, one unit, uh, kicked for coverage. So, yeah, Tyson Nam. Um, Jason Witt plus 210, Josh Quinlan minus 250. I already just broke this fight down. Told you guys, uh, I've cornered opposite Quinlan on the amateurs. Seen this guy up close, the way he moves. Um, definitely a good puncher, good, good sense of thing, good eyes, uh, good flow in the phases. Um, so, uh, you know, cutting weight again is not good for Witt, but he's not having to cut all the way. He's only to a 180-pound catch weight, but Witt still looks like a big guy who walks around around 200 pounds, so um, he's still going to have to be cutting weight for that. So I still think Quinlan gets the knockout, and um, if it hurts Quinlan ill-effectively, then you know maybe he gets finished by a submission. Witt, you know, you usually have to survive early, but he's got first-round finish. He's got for one, two, and three-round and round three, but we took the under one and a half because my house doesn't offer the under two and a halfs. Um, I accidentally doubled down at one house because I didn't realize that at one house it gave me the bet back at the same number, and but then I took it again at plus one thirty. But uh, plus one thirty five was the original number I have and still technically have it at. So um, whether plus one thirty or plus one thirty five, three quarter units is roughly a unit return. Uh, so that's the bet uh, I still got going from that one. Uh, Damone Blackshear, plus 105. Yusuf Salal, minus 125. Didn't look into this fight. Uh, probably take the Zalal, I guess. Um, no bet. Won't have really any stakes um, in that one. Okay, how did we do on time? Hopefully under an hour and a half. Under hour 11. Okay, not too bad, I guess. All right, taking uh, Marlon Chito Vera over Cruz. Taking Landwehr over Onama. Taking, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll take uh, 
Jedigui over Lucindo. Haven't researched that yet. Peep the main card picks article. Taking, come on, David, you gotta fight, goddammit. Come on, brown bear. Hey. Over uh, Azamat Merzakona from Kedojo. Uh, taking Mir Shart over Silva. Jesus. Taking Dan Nunez over Calvillo. Taking Lipsky over Cachoeira. Taking Budzai over Bereski. Taking Godinez over Hill. Taking Benitez over Ontiveros. Taking Nam over Osborne. Taking Quinlan over Witt. Taking Zalal over Blackshear. If I round, I'll post any kind of round robins I get. Maybe I'll like do like Quinlan inside the distance, Benitez inside the distance. Um, I'll do uh, uh, maybe I'll do like uh, Vera inside the distance and uh, see what that gets me. Maybe add someone else inside the distance. I don't know. I I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe now no total. I don't know what the fuck I'll do. I'll post as far as any long shots. I'll, I'll think of something to get cute with. See if my houses will even let me round robin. Um, which, by the way, that still came out on top, that round robin, by the way. It still produced profit. I think, like, over, like, like 6.6-something 6 units or whatever. So it covered my expenses and profited on top of it, by the way. Um, peeped that last week. Uh, but, yeah, plays. Uh, took Clark, plus 125 money line. Straight up for a unit. Nam, plus 230. Kick for coverage. Straight up money line. For one unit. Uh, Landwehr, kick for coverage again. Plus 270 money line. One unit. Props. I took Clark round three. Come on, David. Round three plus uh, 1,800. Just a point seventeen U, 17 ducats. Uh, did the old 17 ducats, point seventeen U. On Vera, round three, plus 1,400. Vera, round four, plus 1,800. Vera, round five, plus 2,400. Um, GM three by sub plus 600.20 units. That's 20 ducats. I don't want to see again for just over a unit return and totals to Quinlan wit under 1.5 plus 135 for three quarter units. That's what I'm playing. All right, folks, mixmarshallanalyst.com. If you want to use the Amazon or on it, click throughs or support with the PayPal secure link there or at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter. Um, you got the links and click-throughs for the PayPal and all that stuff, the website, all that stuff there. Thanks for the five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, if you haven't already. Daniel Tom, MMA on YouTube, thank you for liking and subscribing. If you have not already, um, at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms, I won't pollute your feed. Good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect your neck.